strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. It's Kristen Bentz in for Mike Broomhead today. And you know what? If you've been following, you may not know this about me, but I do like guns and I am a shooter and I'm a female that likes to shoot. I'm an upland bird hunter, actually. I like to shoot the quail, um, but I like to shoot all sorts of guns. And whenever I have any questions about what's going on in that industry, um, I talk to one man. And that's Evan Dawson. Hello, Evan. Got your mic on? Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. So I like to have um, sector analysts and sector specialists uh, on the show. And as a female, when did I start shooting? About, gosh, 20 years ago. I feel as a woman in your toolkit, you need certain things. And one of those is how to operate a firearm effectively. And a lot of people are afraid, and they shouldn't be. No, absolutely not. And so I want to ask a lot of things about what's going on in the arms industry, what's cool, what's happening. Um, I want to talk about legislation, but I also want to talk about females in the gun industry. So you're actually an instructor. You do a lot of tactical stuff. Uh, not so much instruction, more on the sales side. Uh, definitely have dabbled in kind of assisting in the instruction area. What are you seeing as far as trends in the industry with women getting involved in arming themselves? Well, the, the numbers don't lie. Women have been the largest growing demographic of shooters for probably the last, uh, I, w I would argue, the last decade. Um, just in light of what's going on in the world and how things are, sadly, we're getting in a less and less safe world. I mean, I advocate everybody carries. So it's it's good that uh, it's good that y'all are coming up on mass. We're about it. Absolutely. And so when I started shooting, I really loved it. Like it's very empowering. It's, and so it's addicting, isn't it? It's very addicting. <laughs> um, especially yeah. in in states that are um, gun friendly. Free. <laughs> like Arizona. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And I don't know. It's funny. My gun instructor, my shooting instructor told me, he was like, oh my gosh, like you're so great. And I said, thank you, because I really didn't think that I could do this. And he said, you know, you listen. Women listen. No, spot on. So I feel like <laughs> they're very on. successful yeah, in the, yeah. the industry because of that. Well, very much so. And it's not just, uh, it, it's not just that women listen. It's just a very... With the industry being dominated by that very that very masculine, that very direct kind of guard dog sort of energy, it's very much a, I want to be good, I want to be great. The women I've spoken to and that I've you know, sold firearms to, that I've assisted instruction on, they're way much more, let me... Teach me, teach me what you know. Teach me what you know. You're mm -hmm. the you're the instructor. I'm trying to learn. Uh, what do I need to know? Men is very much. Oh, I know. I know how to shoot a gun. I can. I can definitely do it. <laughs> and you know the uh, the results sometimes speak otherwise. But uh, well, as a mom of twin, fifteen year olds, I just want to be safe. Absolutely. I want to be safe. I want to be protected. Yeah. And so, you know that begs the question. You want to listen. You want to learn. Yeah. Um. So as a retail analyst by trade. I follow the consumer, mm -hmm. right? We talk about this all the time. So buy now, pay later has become a big theme in retail. Yeah. And what I find interesting is in our discussions, it's really 
becoming pervasive in the gun and ammunition industry. So I want to talk about that with you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very interesting. A lot of those pay, um, buy now, pay later services, so Shopify, uh, PayPal, pay and for, there's a couple others out there. They don't want to do business with firearms just because it's it, it's it's pressure from Washington. It's pressure from. So it's still taboo, states. like uh, weed or cannabis. In in some place, in some places, yeah. The thing is, when you have left-leaning leadership in these companies. They're not operating based on the needs of the consumer. They're trying to virtue signal and say, hey, we're not we're not going to be a part of contributing to the mass levels of gun violence in America. We're, we're going to be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. When in reality, stopping people from having access to protect themselves is contributing to the problem, it not the, the solution. Problem. So it's it's completely backwards. Mm-hmm. And in the firearms industry, there's uh, there's only a few that will deal with the, uh, that will deal with the um, the gun market, um, one of which is Sezzle, which is lower numbers that you can you can gain, uh, but there's also no um, there's also no strike to your credit if you have problems. Interesting. The other one, Credova, which is a much larger company, um, you can access a lot more funds with them. But they have contracts that are 20 pages long. If you go just a millimeter off the contract, they slap you get you get hit with fees. Um, it can it can take a big hit to your credit, and it's very um, predatory. It's very yeah. Predatory is definitely the right word for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's to a certain degree. Yes, you under you undertook a legal document that you're going to be paying for the for whatever this is in these time periods allotted but they go after you for anything they can just because they know they're one of the only large names in the game as far as financing for firearms so are you seeing more financing for actual handguns or for ammunition? What's like the um, premium? It's mostly larger items. So handguns, um, big for ARs, big for rifles. I um, like the ARs. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, it's very much, um, it, again, it depends on the service they use. So if you have a, if you have a sizzle fine financier, whatever the, the term is, um, for like $600, you can buy like a Glock, you can buy some accessories, you can buy a flashlight. If you go a step higher and you go the Cradova route, Cradova can get you access to six, $7,000 or more. So you can see why it's so damaging if you can't. And they're financing that much? They're, fin- they're financing that much and people are doing it. Like and seven grand? Easily. Um. Easily. Huge numbers, huge numbers. What are the biggest brands that you're looking at that people are financing? Um, It is mostly the higher, I mentioned ARs, it's mostly the higher end ARs and the higher end handguns. Things that you you probably don't have the capital to access if you're a average Joe with, you know, a family, a normal job, other responsibilities. Define normal. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so it's normally um, it's normally the high end stuff that you wouldn't be able to achieve financially otherwise. And it's a lot more doable if it's if you can keep up with your payments. You're absolutely fine. But the thing is, people undertake these contracts where they're going to be paying 200, 300, 400 dollars a month to finance these things. And kind of forget for a second, you know, I got I got bills, I got kids in school, I got, you know, house upkeep, I got a pet, I got insurance, all this other stuff. And they can sometimes, if you're not careful, get really uh, get really rocked in terms of your credit report. It's so interesting. It's almost like um, so the Harley Davidson. I used to cover Mm -hmm. them as an analyst and I had one back in the day, I think like two husbands ago. (laughs) So. I didn't realize how expensive it was to maintain and add on to this motorcycle situation. So 
I kind of liken it to that when you're yeah. like buying a firearm and adding all of the. Uh, yeah. Well, so that's the thing. If you're somebody who follows, you know, Instagram keeps up with, you know, the trends. Um, there's there's shot show. There's we call them we call them gun we call them gun bunnies in the industry. Oh, I like that <laughs> gun those, bunny. Uh, gun bunnies, all that fun stuff. Yep. Jess, do you like that? I like gun bunny. <laughs> I mean, they're cute. It's a cute term. I like it. <laughs> I might have to co-op that. Back to you. <laughs> no worries. Um, and they kind of see they see these fully kitted out rifles. So they've got they've got optics, they've got flashlights, they've got foregrips, they've got ammo, and then mm-hmm. you, then they see you know the tactical gear and the the mag pouch the plate carriers, then the, then the sidearm and the belts. And it, it'll run you up thousands of dollars easily just to get a setup like you see online. And as, as I'm sure you know, as, as you've talked about, with this so social media, so just media in general, heavy generation, as well as the instant gratification, it's I want it now. Well, I need about $7,000 more to get this full kit. On that note, our sponsors need $7,000 more. And we're (laughs) going to take a quick break here. It's Kristen Bentz in for Mike Broomhead. And this is KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. I love a little Black Betty in the afternoon on a Friday. Hey. Blam, blam. Blam, blam. Thank you, Jess. Uh, it's Kristen Benz filling in for Mike Broomhead today on KTAR. And so we're talking a little guns and ammo because, like, that's my thing. And whenever I talk about that, um, I talk to one person. That's Evan Dawson, who's a sector analyst and specialist in guns and ammunition. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Um, I pulled him out of the office today, so I'm conning him to stay here. So um, I'm going to try to make it look official so no one knows that you're actually out of the office. But they probably know now. I mean, it's official as can be. I mean, I got my caffeine. I got my list of no-no words. I'm good. Can I tell you this (laughs) Black Rifle coffee? Oh, my gosh. Is it fantastic? Jess. Julia. It saved me. It's delicious. Folks in the Valley, if you haven't been to Black Rifle, you should go. Um, okay, so we were talking about the industry and what's happening. Um, and I want to talk about female shooting and feeling comfortable around firearms. What is your advice for a female that wants to purchase a firearm? Uh, three steps. First, uh, go into whatever shop you want to purchase at and hold everything. Touch everything. Um, I literally, like that. just t- just tell them, hey, I'm buying my first gun. I want to see what works. Give me some, give me some examples. And a good uh, a good gun salesman is going to pull out a couple different options. Um, then you tell you tell them, him or her, whatever, what you like or don't like, and then about the certain ones. And then they can use those, uh, I guess, parameters for lack of a better term, to pull out some other ones and have have you try those until you find, you know, what grip feels good, what size feels good, what weight feels good. Do I want strike? or hammer fire, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, word of advice for all the ladies out there, if you go into a gun store and the only thing that the salesman is willing to show you is a 380 or a small frame revolver. Or a pink a, gun. Or a pink gun, yeah. Get out of there and go to a comp- <laughs> go, get out there and go to a competent gun store. Like, le- leave that place in the dust. It's See, a- this is the kind of news that you need, and I'm so glad that Evan is here. 100%. Um, uh, sorry. No, 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 it's good. So, I want to talk about, actually some political stuff and some legislation that's happening. So 
the ca- is it the castle castle doctrine castle yes. doctrine yes let's talk about that oh do let's <laughs> so this is gonna be fun gonna have feds knocking on my door before the end of this <laughs> well I'm about to be shown out of here any minute <laughs> well well I guess we're going out together <laughs> so this is legislation mm-hmm. if I correct me if I'm wrong okay. if there is someone trespassing on your mm-hmm. property yeah that perhaps is an illegal alien mm-hmm. Illegal person, you are allowed to shoot them. Um, not not so much, not so much allowed. It needs to. This applies to all shooting situations. Um, what a court is going to look at to determine uh, whether you were justified or unjustified in the shooting is: would a reasonable person feel that their life was threatened enough to where they utilize deadly force? Okay. And why the castle doctrine is so, I guess, black and white. Um, someone is trespassing in your home. They're clearly there for ill intent. If they, if they were there for the right reason, they wouldn't be trespassing. Mm-hmm. You would have just let them in. Mm-hmm. So the, the difference of the Arizona law compared to other Castle Doctrine laws is the new one that was just passed. It covers if a person is on your property as opposed to just in your home. Castle Doctrine is normally if somebody is coming into your home. Your home is your castle. You have your right to defend your Understood. castle. Okay. Someone's coming in to do you ill harm. You have every right to plant your feet and uh, defend yourself. Defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. So with all of this issue with the border um, that we've been talking about all day with Biden and Trump trying to find some common ground, which clearly they will not. Do you think that this is clearly signaling Americans defend yourself, take up arms with illegal immigrants trespassing Um, on your property? I would say it's more so based on look at what we've look at what we've seen. Um, we're we have legions of people from countries that, quite frankly, hate us that are just being let in, and we're seeing what's going on in uh, with the woman that was the college student that was just killed. Yes, those police officers yes. in New York that were viciously beaten up. Yes, they're not there to borrow a cup of sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's you can you can make it that way you will, but that sounds like ill intent to me. I have another question for you. So um, Louisiana is trying to institute um, an open carry, constitutional Um, carry. Constitutional carry. Um, Effectively, what that is, is it essentially says that the Constitution is your concealed carry permit. As long as you are not a felon and can legally possess a firearm, as in you are a legal gun owner, the Constitution and the Second Amendment is is your concealed carry permit. And in Arizona, we have the same? Uh, Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As so, it should be. As it should be. As indeed. it should be. <laughs> uh, indeed. And so it's funny because I get some feedback from folks that are like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like, why would you do this? Yeah. I argue that it raises the cost of doing business for people that are trying to do ill harm because yeah. you don't know. And oh, so 100%. I was ex- I was explaining this to a girlfriend of mine. She was like, I can't believe that they would do this. And yeah. they're 18 years old and why do they have, you know, um, no permits and whatever. And I said, you know, if I am going to the grocery store with my kids and I'm putting them in the back seat and I'm putting the groceries in the back seat and someone rolls up on me. Yeah. They don't know if I'm carrying or not. Exactly. Yeah. So they really, really makes you think twice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it actually lowers crime. I I would agree. I probably will not make a lot of fans here, but that's what I'm saying. And I said what I said. It's Kristen Benz. We're going to take a quick break. I'm in for Mike Broomhead and this is KTAR.
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. What's your name? Little girl. Oh, give me three steps. Mike would be so pleased. Hey, everybody. It's Kristen Bentz in for Mike Broomhead on this Friday, and I'm so glad you're with me. All right, so one of the fun things that happened while I was filling in for Mike, we had a lot of breaking news. And um, it wasn't fun by any stretch of the imagination. It was about Preston Lord. So if anyone is, you know, local and understands what happened with the death of this precious young child, um, two of my favorite reporters that broke this news when I happened to be filling in for Mike and things just kind of organically happen. And that's what I love about journalism. That's what I love about this job because things just happen and people that are bright and are doing the good work do their job and things just happen. And so I am blessed today with Robert Anglin, investigative reporter, and Elena Santa Cruz, criminal justice reporter from the Arizona Republic, are joining me. And so you guys are stuck with me now. <laughs> it's like glitter. I'll never leave you alone. It'll never come off. So I want you to update us for our listeners about what has happened in this Preston Lord case that has kind of erupted with so many weird facets. Seriously. And a lot of breaking news happened this week. So I'm, I, I want you to recap that. So, Robert, do you want to start? Sure. And thanks <laughs> for having us. It's my pleasure. Um, our, prim- our primary focus this week was a, was a story about a whistleblower who came forward and um, came forward after we reached out to her in a very unusual set of circumstances, almost, I mean, a bizarre and maybe a first for me in my career. But the woman is an employee for Relentless Media Agency, or was, and her bosses uh, are Adam Kiffer and Travis Renner, the father of one of the people that um, at the center of the Preston Lord homicide investigation. She says that during her time in the office, they plotted, planned, and engaged her unwillingly in a conspiracy to cover up who killed Preston Lord. And that was literally, if I'm reading her testimony or her comments correctly, immediately following his death or the beating. And jump in here, Lena. No, correct. That's what we've learned. Both of us have learned from this whistleblower is that the plot was curated just after the attack. I believe he called his dad. Um, and then from there, the ship started rolling and she had to be dragged into this um, unwillingly. And she talked about not being happy about doing that. And just it continued on and on until she felt like she had to speak out. And when she wanted to do that, then they hit her with a um, cease and desist. And no, the NDA was um, shortly after the attack had happened. So they knew. Prep themselves, essentially. This case just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So what's happening with her right now? She's 
she's doing okay. She's she. Um, I, I I think I described her in an earlier interview as as scared, but she's also angry and she's determined. And um, I mean, she. This is this is a woman who wasn't out seeking attention, but to the you know all my reporting shows. This this is a woman who was doing her job as an executive assistant and became embroiled in this what she calls a murder plot and they didn't just so that yeah Elena's right they hit her with an NDA then they fired her then she went on TikTok and and on one day posted a couple of TikTok videos about the case but nothing detailed mm-hmm. immediately she was hit with a um, C&D a cease and desist that was followed by a um, lawsuit um, and in between then and there they, the owner of this company without mentioning anything sent me an unsolicited email asking me to investigate the woman whose name is Ashley Reynolds mm-hmm. and and that's a that's a nice glaring red flag right so yeah you and then so she she gets hit with the lawsuit in between that she, there's all these in-betweens she went to detectives and told them what they knew and then detectives confirmed to us that um, yes in fact they had interviewed her and yes her story corroborated information they already had and most importantly it did not con- contradict what they already knew so investigators look Looking into the Preston Lord death, the police chief confirmed her story. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's happening with her right now as far as backlash and lots of it. They're they're going after her to coin a phrase relentlessly. Um, they they continue to submit send emails. They continue to try and generate interest in investigating her as a criminal. Uh, they they called in, in an email to me. They called her a professional con artist. But there's lots of twists and turns in the interaction I've had with with the owners of these companies, particularly Adam Kiefer. Tell even, me more. Even after the first story this week with the big one about her whistleblowing testimony, we got an email from her former company who Kiffer had mentioned in his email to Robert and they just laid out basically the same kind of accusations that Kiffer had sent to Robert earlier in February. So they're using the same language of trying to put her in a bad light and trying to mm-hmm. make her not credible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the language just keeps coming our way. But I mean, police chief said himself, it just corroborated things rather than contradicted anything and I think that's what matters the most. And you want to know the best part? Every time we reach out to these these letter writers, Mr. Kiffer and this new letter writer, they don't respond. So it's it's just bizarre and I mean I, we could just take this ball and run with it. Yes. But, but Kiffer who enlisted me to investigate her without mentioning that he was close to Travis Renner or that he had anything to do with the Preston Lord information I I continued to try and get him to talk to me. I sent him mm-hmm. letter emails, and one of them was a uh, was a list of twenty six questions. We we actually published that I yesterday. Saw that. <laughs> but in his in his after we published the big story about Ashley Reynolds and and laying out what she said and the details and how it connected to the, this crime, 
he he put out a, 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 a message on Facebook to to his followers saying he was shocked and disappointed by by the story as if it hadn't <laughs> and I said how could you possibly be shocked here are exactly. the list of questions we asked you you knew every line that would every key detail that was going to be in that story was in my list of questions which I had given him five days before mm-hmm. not only that he sicked a PR professional on me and I, I talked to her and in one conversation she said what are you going to ask him I said well I'm going to ask if he participated in a cover-up I want to know if he tried to pin this on another guy I want to know if what his conversations with Travis Renner were absolutely we're going to take a quick break with Kristen Vance in for Mike Broomhead we're going to be back in two minutes it's KTAR Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, it's Kristen Betts filling in for Mike Broomhead on this Friday. And I hope somewhere you are putting on your boogie shoes. Boogie woogie shoes? Boogie shoes? Something like that. I love Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, And those are both my initials, so I have a special affinity for that band. Okay, so let's kind of do a little wrap, shall we? Um, On the week, on the economy, on what's happening uh, for all of us right now. So what I would tell you is it's not great. Um... And to make it sound less bad, I'll talk about the bifurcated nature of the economy, because for some folks, it's awesome, right? So on the high end, you're flush with cash. Everything's great. Um, But you're still kind of annoyed. You're annoyed with inflation. You're annoyed with gas prices. You're annoyed with food inflation, hotels, restaurants, leisure, all of that. And then on the low end, you're absolutely struggling, So these numbers that came out, CPI, CPE, um, what to make of it, basically everything's going up. And so here's the thing. I don't need to tell you anything you don't know. So you, the consumer, no, it's really not that great out there. Um, Yes. Have gas prices dropped a little bit here in the valley? They have. Are they creeping back up? Yes. Uh, Is food inflation creeping back up? Absolutely. And let's talk about car insurance. (laughs) Let's talk about people defaulting on their auto loans. There is just a lot of drama happening with the U.S. consumer because on top of it, if you're not already paying for Ozempic or semaglutide, you're paying for your student loans. You're paying a lot of money in interest rates for your credit cards. You're paying a lot for buy now, pay later, which we just discussed a few minutes ago. And buy now, pay later isn't just, you know, for clothing and shoes. It's also for guns and firearms, which we just discussed a few minutes ago. So the U.S. consumer is struggling. And if you look at the recent data, you know, Macy's disclosed this week that they're closing 150 stores. I was on with Mike recently and I told him that um, Macy's was in a retail hospice and I got a lot of negative feedback for that comment from my colleagues that are in retail and they're like, oh, that you're too harsh. No, I'm really not. Because if you have visited a Macy's store recently, 
It is like the lost world. It is like the land that. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. Jess is nodding her head. Um, If you find an actual human that can check you out, they have been there for like 40 years. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. She's nodding, too. Um, The way the store is merchandised is frightening. So you may have Michael Kors and Ralph Lauren and Nike and all of these amazing brands, but the way that they're presented to the consumer is sloppy, awful, terrible, and it makes you not want to shop there. And I don't care how many discount coupons you're going to throw at me. I'm not your girl. And I loved Macy's. I loved Terry Lundgren, who's the CEO. He's a University of Arizona grad. He has a whole school of retailing in Tucson. And it takes a lot for me as a Sun Devil to mention anything to do with the University of Arizona. But I do give him props and I do adore him. And if he were here, Macy's would not be in the predicament that they're in. I'm just going to throw that out there. But... um. When you see retailers closing stores, physical retail stores, it's not great. Now, so here's the thing. Does it mean the economy is terrible? No. Um, There are a lot of physical stores that are doing extremely well, but it's all about are they unique? Do they have a unique product? And it's interesting to talk about um, bricks and clicks. So Warby Parker uh, is an online glasses retailer and they've never had physical stores. They have a few. Now they want to open up all the physical stores because people really want to try on glasses and buy them in that environment, etc. So there's a big argument in retail. Is physical brick and mortar retail dead? I don't think it is. I think it depends. I think it depends on the concept. I think it depends on the product. I think it depends on the location. Um, Nike just opened this huge Air Jordan store in Philadelphia. Downtown Philly would not be my number one for opening up a retail footwear location, but here we are. So things are happening in retail, but it's a struggle and it really depends on the product that you have, the pricing that you have and the location that you have. So where are we in the market? Uh, We're in a very precarious position. And so as inflation increases, which we just saw with these numbers in January spiked and then durable good orders dropped, it begs the question. So the consumer is in not a great place and the Fed will not lower rates as long as we're in this inflationary environment. So if you follow the stock market, there's a huge disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. I say this a lot when I talk to Mike and the Fed now will pause and take time before they decide to lower rates. So everyone was kind of, you know, predicting, oh, you know, they're going to lower rates in like February, March. I actually, and I think we should pull the audio on this, Julia. When I told Mike, I think I said May or June. So I personally don't think they're going to lower rates until June. So everyone just kind of has to buckle down and handle and absorb all of these high interest rates car insurance, housing, mortgage rates, credit card rates. It's just, my question is, how much can the consumer take? And we're in an election year. So when you have this coupled with student loan repayment and all of that, really, how long are you going to handle this? How long are you going to take this? 
And my answer is not very long before you vote for someone else. So again, um, you know, it's been a wonderful day. It's Kristen Bentz. I'm in for Mike Burnhead. It's a great Friday. I want you to go out there and be great.